Hello, hello. It is the VBAC link, and you are going to be hearing an amazing story today from our friend Brittany. We're so excited to hear from her. She had a C section and then a VBAC, and she is from Florida. She's actually a hairstylist and she does it all day. And we were just talking about her bio, how cute it is. She says, hairstyle by day and mama by night. And we totally get that because that's how we we roll. We're podcasters Podcaster by, by day, day, podcaster by night, doula uh, by day, doula by night. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's this crazy life that we all live. But man, we're so excited to hear her story. We do have a review of the week. So before we get into it, I want to turn the time over to Julie to read that review. And then we will get right into Brittany's story. Yeah, I am super excited. Brittany, um, I feel like we could just be friends, like just from the short time we've been talking to you before we were recording. But Megan, we have a lot of people we need to go visit, I think. Right, (laughs) right. (laughs) The Be Back Link World Tour. All right, let's see. Today, we have a review from Jessie Marie 3 from Apple Podcasts, and the title is so inspirational. And she says, I don't even remember how I came across this podcast, but I'm so glad I did. The birth of my daughter ended in an unplanned C-section that was very traumatic for me. I'm currently working with a therapist because I think about it every single day and have so many regrets. I asked my doctor about a VBAC almost immediately because I just knew something was missing, if that makes any sense. This podcast makes me feel so empowered and pressured for my VBAC, but I'm not even pregnant again yet. I tear up a little bit with each birth story, and I hope I can share my VBAC story on your podcast Sunday whenever it happens. Oh, that makes me so happy. Her... I love it when people find us before they're even pregnant again. Like after their C-section, they just know they want to be back. And I just, I love that so much. It gives me major warm and fuzzies. If you haven't had a chance, we would absolutely love for you to read. We would absolutely love for you to to leave a review (laughs) of the podcast. We show up on Google. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can always leave a review on Facebook. We haven't gotten some Facebook reviews in a little while. It's been a little while. It has been lots from Apple Podcasts and a few from Google. But yeah, if you're hanging out with us on Facebook, go ahead and give us a five-star rating over there. It would make our day. You are tuned in to the VBAC Link Podcast with Julie Francom and Megan Heaton. VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. Do you want a VBAC but don't know where to start? It's easy to feel like we need to figure it all out on our own. That's what we used to do and it was the loneliest, most ineffective thing we have ever done. That's why Megan and I created our signature course, How to VBAC, the ultimate preparation course for parents that you can find at the VBAClink.com. It is the most comprehensive VBAC preparation course in the world, perfectly packaged in an online self-paced video course. Together, Megan and I have helped over 800 parents get the birth that they wanted, and we are ready to help you too. Head on over to the VBAClink.com to find out more and sign up today. That's the vbacklink.com. See you there. Okay, Miss Brittany, we're so, so, so excited to hear your story. Like Julie said in the beginning, just chatting with you, I feel like we just are friends, like instant friends. And I can't wait to even, you know, just get to dive in and be even more intimate with your amazing story. Well, I truly like you are my friends. (laughs) I'm so thankful, thankful, thankful for you guys. I really, there are not enough words to say like what having like-minded people can do for you. And when you're going into something that a lot of people don't agree Mm -hmm. with. And so with a VBAC specifically, that was huge for me, huge. And I held on to our time together. I would walk, I have this like pier. So I live in a little beach town is what we call it. And it's beautiful, but there's this pier that's actually on the river and it's like one long strip of concrete. And I would just walk back and forth that strip of concrete. I drop my son off at school and just walk and listen to other people and you guys. I mean, you guys just seeing the heart of it and encouraging, but mm-hmm. also other other mamas 
many of souls out there that have done this journey already and like it just was so encouraging it was where i needed to be and like it was like a refuel for me because i like i said i'm a hairstylist i talk to women all day long and like we talk in my salon we friends so like they would say to me like i don't know like you know it just makes me nervous because i wasn't like out to argue but it was it was nice to have numbers and facts and things that i could say well actually or it's not quite what you think it is. Did you know? <laughs> you, were be, <laughs> yes, you were educating. Yes. educating Totally. Yeah. Totally. But I also understand that when you love people, you are concerned for their well-being. And people don't know what they don't know. And mm -hmm. so I think with my first pregnancy, I kind of learned that, like, everyone has their own opinion. And, like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to value it all. But you do need to find people you align with and, like, let that feed you. And you guys really, this show was so great because it fed me and was able to keep me like focused and encouraged and on track. And I would go into my appointments and I'd be like, all right, Angie, I got questions. <laughs> <laughs> and I would list them out and they would be from the, the episodes. And she would be like, I love this because really, I mean, I just went into my, preg my labor and delivery. Like I don't, I trust it all. Cause I know any questions that I have and I wouldn't have known to even ask them had I not have listened. So thank you. I love that. Do you know what? I'm going to make a word image to post on our social media account with something that you said just a few, I don't know, a few sentences back you said something to the effect of everyone has their own views on pregnancy and birth and everybody loves you and they want the best for you, but you have to find people that align with your views and beliefs about birth to support you and keep close. And I just, I really love that effect. Like that really like spoke mm -hmm. to my heart because it's true. People just want the best for you and they don't know what they don't know. And they want your health and your safety and your happiness but sometimes they just aren't up to date on the facts and you need to find people that will either get on the same page as you and support you or that already are on the same page as you that you can hold close closer as you prepare for your birth. So I'm, I'm glad you said that. Thank you so much for that. Oh, it's all good. Okay. So, all right. Well, my first child is Nash. He is three years old, just turned three. And that labor, that pregnancy was, really an easy pregnancy there really wasn't anything big that happened it was just everything quote normal which is you know a wide array of things but it was nothing no big deal and I was so sure I wanted to have a home birth for years like probably six years before I ever got pregnant my husband and I just like we watched that Ricky Lake documentary business of being born. business yeah I was gonna say business and, of being born yep mm -hmm. yep and from that moment on I was like oh that's for me that's totally for me. And I already have my own just like fear of hospitals and doctors. Honestly, there's a lot of anxiety associated with a hospital to me. So I knew like, if birth is mental, that's probably not going to be good for me. So I started seeing my midwife years before I ever got pregnant for just like my annuals and things. And I had developed such a great relationship with her. So my pregnancy with Nash was like, it was just like, the next step of our relationship awesome she just became a sister to me like truly i describe my relationship with my midwives because there was actually two of them as and my doula who was amazing like doulas are separated <laughs> they are so they're just she was amazing but they all became sisters to me and um so through that, I, I just went into it like, all right, I'm going to do this home birth. I never even once considered a C-section. I didn't even go to the hospital. Like, I knew that if I had to be emergency transferred, where I would go. But I had no idea what the hospital even looked like in the labor and delivery unit. So, fast forward to being 40.4 weeks pregnant. I went in for my regular appointment. And she's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, good. Last night, I had like a big cramp. I thought for sure I was starting labor. but nothing ever happened she's like okay anything since I'm like no she's like okay let's check you and so she went in and she did the the Doppler and then she's like um do you want me to do a membrane sweep since you're overdue and I was like yeah that'd be good I'm ready you know and she goes in and she's like okay let's pull out the uh the little ultrasound machine and just check how he's doing 
And I'd never even seen this little ultrasound machine. I didn't even know she had it. <laughs> and she pulls it out and she puts it. And at this point, still like clueless as to what could possibly be happening. I just thought like, this is what's next. She's a very calm, cool, collected person. And so she's like, all right. And she's got the wand up at the top of my belly. And she's like, and there's his head. And I'm like, hi, baby boy. Like totally not even paying attention. She's like, and here are his feet. And she's showing me down and I'm still. And so finally she looks at me. She's like, you have a breech baby and we need to get you in for an ultrasound at the radiology place in town today and to see what kind of breach he is. And to be totally honest with you guys, my memory of what she said in the rest of that appointment is like Charlie Brown's like teacher, like, wah, 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 wah. like I, I like fudged out. I mean, it was just like, wait, what, what does that mean? But I do, she did sit me down and she called for her, her office person to make the appointment. And in that time, she sat me down and she wore all the different breach positions and talked about how some of them are safe to do vaginally. And she does feel comfortable doing breach home delivery. She does it all the time, actually. But we have to know what kind of what kind of breach it is in order to decide whether it's safe or not. And so that's why I had to go get this ultrasound. I was alone at that appointment. My husband had gone to the other like previous months of appointments just because it was getting more serious and this one he had to work of course and so I just felt like at that point it was like I was in a fog and I drove to get the ultrasound while I was driving there you know I'm like crying but also just like I don't even know what to think right now when I got to the ultrasound place my midwife I love her so much she called me and she's like I just want to sit with you on the phone while you wait I just want to talk with you so like how are you feeling What's going on? What's Vinny doing? Is he going to be able to just, she was a friend. She like took her midwife hat off for a minute and was just that sister to me. Oh, I could cry because it, it's the little things in my journey yeah. of home birth and like midwifery that like it means the most, you know, like. That's amazing. Man. That's really amazing. <sighs> so, yeah. So I went in. And I had only had like two ultrasounds prior to that. And so this one was like the longest one. And the tech just seemed to be so like irritated, I would say. Like she, not with me, but just like, oh, she just couldn't get the picture. And so finally she's like, I'm going to submit this to our radiologist and our, our ultrasound, whatever that doctor is, <laughs> submit it to him. And they'll get it back to your midwife probably before the day's over. So actually when I left her office, Originally, she was like, you go there and I'm going to call Jen, who was my chiropractor that I saw all throughout my pregnancy, who like specialized in pregnancy chiro care, which is so cool. She's like, I'm going to call her and set up an appointment with you, with her for immediately after your ultrasound so you can get the Webster technique going in hopes that we can maybe flip this baby. Because the night before, I forgot to add this, the night before that appointment, we determined he had flipped because he was head down a week prior. So that feeling of pain of labor, that's when it happens. So she's like, I don't know. It's so late in the game, but he did just flip last night. So like maybe he could flip again, you know? And so I went straight to the Cairo after that, called my doula, cried to her. And she was just, just an ear, just an empathetic understanding ear, got the Cairo care, which was great. It, I, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I was like marching up and down, like my knees, knees to chest basically for like 90 seconds. She's like, this is the hardest part. And then I'd turn her and she'd like invert me and lay me on, or I'd lay on my back and I'd put like, she put like a cold pack at my tummy on the top of my tummy and then a warm pack at the bottom. And I'd lay there for like, I don't even know how long, however much time. And then I'd get up and she'd adjust me. And then I'd do the whole thing over again, like knees to elbows, not elbows, but shoulders. And so she's like, you're going to go home. You're going to do this in the tub tonight. You're going to like take a warm bath and keep your top of your belly out and put a like cold thing of peas on the top of your belly so that hopefully it'll basically turn him, make him want to turn and flip. And you're going to lay inverted and like you're going to come back tomorrow and we're going to do this again until he flips basically. I mean, it, the, the whole thing was like, we can do this because I've been seeing her the whole pregnancy. So I had my team and I got home that night and Angie's like, she called me on the way home. She said, call me when you get home with me. I want to talk to both of you. So we got home. We sat around the kitchen table and she's like, so here's the thing. He is Frank Breach, but your fluid level is a two. 
and a healthy level is a 15, the low side would be 10. So he has basically no amniotic fluid in there anymore, and it's no longer safe to do a home birth. If you want to do a natural birth, you can try a teaching hospital, which is here and here, which is like both of them are like an hour and a half away. And she's like, but that's still not guaranteeing that they're even going to let you have a natural birth. And they will induce you right away. And then they're going to watch you like a hawk, basically. You know, they're, if anything goes slightly awry, they're going to intervene. And so, you know, it's up to you. And intervening means a C-section. It's totally up to you. And I will be with you whatever you choose to do. But this has to happen tomorrow. Like, you can have a good night's sleep tonight, pack your bags. But we have to decide. We have to do this tomorrow. And I literally felt my world fall apart. I mean, it was just like what? Like I, I still, I don't think to that point had processed that I was losing my home birth with my birth affirmations already hung and my birth tub up. I'm packing my hospital bags, crying, calling family who say things like, oh, hon, I'm so sorry. But the, you know, at least, you know, the baby's going to be safe. And it's, the, at least I get it. I understand want to offer some form of hope or help or condolence to somebody struggling, but it was, it stung me every time because it was like, mm-hmm. there is no at least. Like, yes. I'm losing something. I'm losing something huge. None of you understand because none of you would want this. And that's okay. Yeah. But it's something I have dreamt of for years. And yeah. I'm losing it in a matter of what felt like a few seconds of time. Well, and the hard thing is with that, when people say at least, it completely it, discredits it everything weakens, you're feeling yeah. right now. Yeah. It completely discredits it. It, it, like, it pushes it aside and it takes the focus off what you are feeling and going through in the moment. Yeah, totally. Totally. Okay, so so I'm packing, you know, my husband was, this was actually, honestly, God used all of this because it was an area of bonding for us, like to go through something like this together. He was able to be there for me in a way that I hadn't really needed him before. I mean, I truly was falling apart. And so actually my midwife was like, listen, I think you should have a glass of wine tonight. So you sleep well and you like can just chill out. And I'm like, all right. So I did, I had maybe a large glass of wine because I was a mess. (laughs) And that night when I woke up to go to the bathroom, I couldn't feel him moving. And so we, I, I add the wine in there because I'm pretty sure he was just very sleepy because we jumped up and ran to the hospital. Of course, we called Angie and she was like, all right, let's go to the hospital. I'll meet you there. Now we chose a hospital like 45 minutes away because they have a NICU. So we got, we were driving there and that whole drive was one of just like, it, it's, it's surreal. We were both so in shock, you know, of like, oh my gosh, we're like rushing to the hospital right now out of nowhere. And there's nobody on the road yet. We're trying to like drive. Well, I say we, my husband, I was in prayer and just like, God, please keep my baby safe and practicing my deep breaths. And he was driving as safely as possible, but also just like pedal to the metal, like we got to get there. And it was this weird feeling of like, this is a drive I never wanted to make period, but I can't get there fast enough. Like, oh man. So we got there and immediately as we pulled in the parking lot, my son started kicking and moving around. And I'm like, oh, you little turkey. (laughs) This is how it's going to (laughs) be. And it is. (laughs) But um, he, so we got up to the L&D and then we got him strapped on. Everything was fine. Totally fine. Which we could take a breath, a sigh of relief. But my midwife got there like maybe five minutes later and that's when like they're asking for paperwork and they're, she's really dealt with them. She showed up like our advocate essentially is what it felt like. And so she had, of course, all of our, she called before we came. So they were ready for us, but the, to start speaking, I, I don't even know, like hospital talk. And honestly, because like I said, I'm still in this state of shock from the night before, from waking up and him not moving. It's just like, what is going on? Like, this is not the world that I dreamed of at all. And not just that, but like, I don't even know what to think because I was fully unprepared for this. I didn't ever even let my mind go to the idea of what a C-section would look like. 
So I begged every single nurse and every single doctor, and I say every single because there was at least probably six nurses in and out of my room and three different doctors to, well, the anesthesiologist and his tech and our, I don't think he's a tech, I think he's another doctor, and then the surgeon. And I begged them plus the whole staff to please, please, please let my midwife come back in the room with me because I was so stressed, at, like not even stressed, it was like panic attack on the horizon. I was just a bottle of nerves and they wouldn't let, well, all of them said, it's up to the doctor. It's up to the doctor. I don't care. It's up to the doctor. So the final person to come in with was, was, of course, the doctor. And he, I don't know this guy from Adam. He's literally just the guy that's on call for the day. So he's talking to me like I'm, you know, Jane Doe. I, no, there's no, like, there's no connection whatever. You know, this is what's going to happen. Do you have any questions? I understand. I was trying to be, like, the nicest patient, but also, like, please honor this wish of mine, please, you know, and I said, she was the person that was supposed to be there, like, she, I have had my whole pregnancy with her, and she's my comfort zone, would you please let her just come, she was a labor and delivery nurse for years, and I said that, she was, this is what she did before she was a midwife, he said, it's up to you, but you can only have one person back there, I'm like, okay, well, obviously, it's my husband, you know, like, whoa, come on, <sighs> I mean, come on. That's I we see that know, all the time though. So Especially crazy. right now with coronavirus. Yeah. It's there's been so many things. I'm sorry that you yes. didn't get to have that support. That's not oh that's not Yeah. Okay. And my husband was also very stressed out, you know, like this was not his plan either. So, you know, like I said, it all bonds you. Like we went through it together, but man it would have been helpful to have there uh, to just be able to squeeze her hand and know that like my, you know, like she's got my back the whole time. I felt like I can do this. Angie's got my back. And then I'm like, I felt like I was thrilled. <laughs> so I got into the OR and that's when like I, the panic attack came. I started like, first it was like, you know, I'm practicing my hypnobirthing, which I'm so glad I did that during my pregnancy, because even though I didn't use it for labor, it is what got me to the place where I could talk myself off the ledge because I felt like I was just going to, they were going to have to, I had to tell myself, Brittany, keep it together because they're going to put you under, under because you're going to lose it. Because I just felt that like anxiety. I, it just rose up within me and just scared and sad and all of the feelings at one time. And this is when I'm alone in the room and they're doing the spinal because my husband can't be there, obviously. And um, the nurses were, they were just, it was so sterile. I, I used to say they were unsensitive because they weren't trying to be. They were trying to help. But, like, I've got tears running down my face. I'm, like, you know, like, deep breathing. And she's just, like, oh, honey, don't stress out. This is the easy way out. You don't even have to do the labor and delivery part. I'm, like, oh, nodding my no, head. No, 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 no. I know. Oh, my gosh. Mm. I know. Oh my gosh. I know. And I'm trying to like not cry at this point, even though internally I'm melting down yeah. and I'm like nodding my head at her. So she'll stop. And then maybe like, I don't know how long period of time, but moments later, I'm, I, the tears start coming and it was after the spinal. So I didn't really have to necessarily hold it together any longer. And what two of them look at each other and acknowledge each other, each other. And they're like, sweetie, we know you're scared, but this is the quickest way to meet your baby. And I just, I go, I wanted to have a husband. And they're like, I feel like oh. but is the same as at least. Like, yes. I know you're scared, but you're going to have a healthy baby. Yeah. But at least you're going to. like, yeah, it's terrible. So after that, I, I mean, oh, and then they didn't even get, it wasn't better after that. Because when I said, I'm supposed to have a home birth, they said, oh, well, you're braver than I am. I'm like, what the heck? I was like, you guys just should stop talking. You're not helping this situation at all. And where is my husband? <laughs> I was just so over that, the whole OR. And so thankfully, the I had the best anesthesiologist assistant who sat at my head and was just like, he was like the voice of reason and coaching in my ear. And he was like, if you feel any kind of nausea, you tell me as soon as you feel it. I don't want you to feel that. I don't want you to throw up. So just tell me. And so I'd be like, I'm feeling it. He's like, okay, push it. And he would talk it, talk to his, anesthesiologist I never felt like I had to like 
insert my way from that point forward. I felt heard because at least he was there. And I, I said to him when I heard the baby, like, is the baby okay? And he's like, he's safe. He's good. And I didn't even know to ask for this, but I guess this is part of a gentle cesarean. They picked him and maybe my midwife did tell me to say this, but I don't remember it because like I said, I never even considered a C-section, but they put him up and over the curtain and laid him directly on my chest when he was born. And so I had that moment of like meeting my baby that way. And so, whew, then that's like the coolest thing ever. I mean, even losing my labor and delivery in that moment when you become a mom, like nothing tops that, you know? So from that point, it was like the OR room just kind of spilled. I mean, it, it just disappeared. It was me, my husband, and my son. And so thankfully, I was able to get out of that headspace and enjoy that moment. But the rest of the stay at the hospital was like a thorn in my side. They're in your room every three hours, checking you, checking the baby, waking you up, telling me I can't sleep with my baby. I'm like, um, excuse me? I'm like, this is my child. And he's sleeping on my chest where I'm you know, it's not even a deep sleep. You're in here every three hours, you know? And so I had to like, they'd walk in and they'd be like, ma'am, if you're sleeping and he's sleep, or if you're sleeping, if you're sleeping, then he needs to be in the cradle. I'm like, mm -hmm. I wasn't, we were nursing. <laughs> I was just like, come on, like get off of me. I don't even want to be all I'm thinking the whole time. I don't want to be here. Just leave me alone. We are healthy. The baby was like, I think it's the APGAR test. He was a 10, like leave us alone is how I felt. But, you know, you have to. and They're doing their job. But internally, because I'm dealing with all this other stuff, this resentment that I definitely had not dealt with yet from losing my home birth, it was just a bad hospital stay for me. I hated every minute of it. Although, you know, I also had this beautiful little baby. So that's definitely, we got through. It was okay. But the nurses were just not super sensitive. The pain of a C-section recovery was horrible for me. I've had a lot of people say, like, oh, mine wasn't bad. Mine was terrible. I don't know if it was part of it was like psychological because I was so traumatized from my experience, but it was bad. Like I couldn't walk for like two weeks. And so that meant I couldn't hold my baby, like carry my baby. You know, it was like, we just basically laid like blobs on the couch, which I know is not after having a vaginal birth. I get it's not totally out of reason, but it was just the pain was incredible. And I just couldn't even believe it. I was so beside myself. Actually, I was talking to my husband about it because I said, do you remember that time? I remember it being so dark for me. I cried a lot for like a month. And I thought, well, it's like baby blues. And this is hormonal, you know. But like I grieved the loss of my home birth. I was very, very, very sad about it. And he said to me last night, he said, yeah, I would, I would have called that depressed. You were depressed for a little while. And I'm like, hmm, because that's not me. I'm a very happy person. And so... It definitely took me down a dark road, but I will say in that, down that dark road, my midwife, once again, like those appointments, my post-ops were with her. I never even saw that doctor again because thankfully everything was well and it healed fine. But the, the appointments were so much more about me. I mean, we would sit for an hour at every appointment, just like every appointment before. She sits with you for a full hour and you talk about how you're feeling, what's on your mind. And also labor and delivery, you're, you're prepping for it. But this was, how are you feeling? How are you doing with this? What's going on? What, are, how, what have you dealt with this week? How are people, you know, like she wants to know the nitty gritty of how I'm, how I'm dealing inside because she recognized how valuable that was and how that time, that, that could make break you, you know? And so I remember one appointment, she, it was actually the first time we started. So it must have been my first appointment postpartum and I, it was me, my husband, and the baby, and I, we were sitting on the couch, and she sat across, like, in a chair, and she asked, she said, how are you doing? And it wasn't like a, you know, how friendly, how are you doing? It was like, how are, how are you doing? And I hadn't really had to answer that question yet, and I just started bawling, and I'm like, I don't, I'm just thankful he's here, and she's like, okay, but there isn't that because you're crying. And I'm like, I know, I just, and I was able to let it all out. And so I would just, my sadness and my sorrow at the loss. And she just, she came and sat next to me. She put her hand in mine. She handed me a tissue and she, and at one point I was, I was balled up in her arms. She's hugging me while I'm crying. And she just let me say it and feel it and cry it out. And my husband sat there, I think thankful because he doesn't know what to do with this blubbering mess. Like 
it, to him, this is, uh, it's just all emotion. And he, although he lost, quote, what he wanted, it wasn't for him what it was for me, you know? Like, this was something, it's not tangible, but it is. And so mm -hmm. I am so thankful that I had her. She was like a therapist to me in that first month to like walk me through dealing with what that meant. So moral of the story, I feel like I got a redemptive birth with my home birth, but I couldn't have gotten to the redemptive side of it had I not have walked through like truly dealing with how it made me feel and like facing it and talking about it and processing it and crying when I needed to cry about it. And then... I remember when I first got pregnant this time around, I had that like fear and like that brought it up in a whole new way. So then I had to deal with it again. And I remember saying to her at my, in my second pregnancy, like, Angie, I just wish this wasn't something that I had to deal with. Like, it's almost like I'm resentful of it. And she's like, well, that's understandable. And she's like, and it does bring up more questions for you to have to ask. Because I said, it's making me more stressed out. She's like, well, I get it. It's bringing up more questions. But at the same time, like, Every pregnancy is different. Every baby is different. You did nothing is wrong with your body. This did not happen because some, you know, there's something wrong with you. She's like, so you have to begin anew. And it was so good to have her as the same provider as, as with him because she was able to, we had already been on this journey together. So she knew where I was coming from when I would have fear and anxiety, you know? So I think that's it for Nash's birth. I really just wanted to touch on I really wanted to emphasize the hardship that it was for me, but at the same time, like there was so many lessons. I don't, I don't think I did say this. I took away from that birth. The coolest thing I feel like you can take away from this is that we control is an illusion. We don't have control over anything. We can plan and prepare and make like choices that we think are going to work, but ultimately like things happen. And so to let go of that in my life, which I would say maybe that's a struggle of mine, <laughs> to be able to like see life from that perspective now, and I won't say it's like gone, but I'm able to see that like even with the best of control, me planning down to my birth affirmations hung and my birth tub blown up. I mean, there was not even a shot that that was not going to happen and it didn't happen. And so it allows me to release and just say, okay, God, your plan, your, you know best for me. And I am, I am thankful that I was able to have a C-section because my baby is here safely and I don't know what would have happened. I mean, really, we don't know. And so I'm thankful that that was a possibility. I don't like the way it happened. I don't like the way the staff treated me. But I, at the end of the day, can say, like, he's, he is here and I am thankful. And I love that. You know, I just Hello. posted the I just posted the other day yes, on our stories just about that. You know, my first C-section baby, she just turned nine. And that is something like, I was like, I am so thankful. I'm thankful for my C-section. And it took me a long time to be able to say that, you know, like ah. I'm grateful for my C-section because it is something that led me to where I am today. And yes. it's, it, it honestly made me stronger, right? So yeah. a stronger person. Yeah. I, I take that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that you said that. Yeah. Okay. So my birth with Rory. So Rory is six months old and that pregnancy was also just very an easy pregnancy. I will say it was harder. The second time around was harder. I remember complaining to all my friends, like, was your second time just a little bit more intense? And they'd say, yes. Even even my uh, midwife, there was two of them at the time in the beginning, and it ended up only being Angie. But I remember Margot telling me a couple of times, like, yeah, all the pregnancy symptoms just get a little bit more hard each time. And I'm like, oh, that's wonderful. I definitely didn't know that. But it was. It was true. But it was relatively an easy pregnancy. And I worked the whole time up until 36 weeks, which is when COVID hit and we were shut down. And... That was actually a blessing in disguise, which I really def I took it when it happened like, man, time with just my family, my family of three before the baby comes. I mean, it, it was hard because my husband is a personal trainer and I'm a hairstylist. So we were both shut down. So, of course, financially, not a great time right before I'm supposed to have a baby and be out for months. But it also was like, okay, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for this time because we're never going to get this back. And also, I'm super
super pregnant right now. So this is kind of nice to not be like standing on my feet for 30 hours a week. So that was, it, like I said, that was, that was a pretty good time to be home and experience that time. But I, I'm trying to think. So I went to 40.4 weeks and I went in for my appointment. Oh, was it 40.2? I think it was. And she's like, well, she's like, do you want, well, the appointments already were like so different. We would meet in the car. Oh, I'd sit in my car and she would come out. We'd both be masked and I'd have to like lay my seat back and she'd do like the ultrasound. Like she would open the door and she'd do the ultrasound and talk to me like outside through the door. And so at that point, she after she had done that, everything was healthy and fine. She was like, do you want me to do a membrane sweep on you since you're past you? And I was like, well, you know, whatever you think. Like I, if you think it's it's a better chance of me having a baby sooner, but it's not putting any risk involved. She's like, she. I, I remember her telling me a brief su summary of numbers. And I was just like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And she always was like that. She never just answered with a feeling. She would give a or a stat, a statistic, or like a number to back up whatever it was. And so at that point, I had had my membrane swept with Nash, and it wasn't bad. I wasn't, it wasn't that uncomfortable. So I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it again. Well, when she was in there, she's like, do you want me to do a cervical acupressure? And I was like, ooh, I don't know what that is, but does that help a baby come? She's like, yeah, I can. I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> I was so ready to meet this baby. And so, and like I had said to many people the last few weeks, like. I feel like I am a kid going to Disney World. Like, I just, but I don't, it's, it's frustrating because it's like, you're going to Disney World next week and you're four years old and you have no idea when tomorrow is. Like, oh, I just want to get there, you know? It was like this excited eagerness that also could easily turn to anxiety and just like, oh, I'm ready to get there. And so once it, once she offered that, it was like, yes, please. And so that night I had already scheduled a date with a girlfriend. I went over to her house and sat on her yoga ball and we talked pregnancy and birth and she shared her birth stories, which I had already heard one, but it was just good to like talk about where I was at with a friend that I felt comfortable just being myself with. And so I, I remember my doula had said to me, which I should add, the weeks leading up, my doula was like, she was amazing. She was doing hypnobirth, not not hypnobirthing, I'm sorry. She was doing guided meditations with me on um, Skype, not Skype, but a, a video conferencing a few nights a week for a couple of weeks before my birth. We were talking, just sometimes she would we would call and chat and I'd tell her like how I was feeling or like how the appointment went and she would talk me through things. A lot of times she was just like a therapist, honestly, and not like you should do this therapist, but just somebody to listen and care and understand. And then she also had helpful like birth prep stuff that we did, you know, stretching. And she did even did a video call. This was so cool. Her and her husband went in their like living space, got their camera out. And she, me and my husband got ours out. And they showed us different like support, like uh, partner support stretching and or, like pressure points for us to do with each other. And so they would help my husband basically prepare to help me through before she could get there. And that was pretty cool. So anyways, she was awesome. She just definitely helped keep me grounded to where I was ready and I had all the tips. I knew I had all my tools in my tool belt, but like they were ready to be used when they needed. And so, got, okay, fast forward. Sorry, I had to backtrack because I didn't want to leave that out. Elizabeth, Elizabeth is my doula and she is amazing. And so I don't want to, I don't want to shortchange her. So the morning of, I started feeling the next thing after that, the, um, cervical acupressure and treatment, I started having cramps at like 10 a.m. And they were mild. And they just basically stayed mild for like two to three hours, but they were pretty consistent. And so I'm like, well, this could definitely be something. And she, I kept her up to date. And she just basically said, just no. I had my sister-in-law come over and hang out with my son so that I could sit on my birth ball and just like breathe and focus on what was happening because twice before that week there was I felt like I might be starting labor and then something stressful happened and I swear my body was like nope it's not time <laughs> and I told my sister-in-law after the second time I'm like this is so frustrating <laughs> like I just want to go into labor and I feel like just life happens and then suddenly my body just stops because I had had the like I said like cramping and probably labor beginning 
So this time she's like, I'm coming over. I'm going to take care of Nash and you can just do what you got to do. So I then, I got in at my chiropractor that at like 12 o'clock that day. And I told her, I said, I think I'm in labor, but you know, I'm not really sure. Do what you got to do. Like help, let's help get these things going. And so she did. And I left there. I grabbed subs. I went home. We ate the subs and I felt them come on. I don't know if this is a thing, but I swear whenever I ate anything during labor or drank anything, including back to the first time or back to lunchtime, it made cramp not cramps, it made contractions worse. Like it was like, whoa. So after lunch is when I felt like labor kicked in. It was like, all right, this is happening. And so I called my doula and I was like, um, yeah, it's getting real over here. I definitely think this is happening. But they're still very, like, the timing of it was not consistent yet. And she's like, all right, well, call me back in an hour or I'll call you if I don't hear from you. So an hour flew by because she called me. And I was like, yeah, it's definitely getting stronger and longer and more intense. And she was like, okay, well, let's just hang out on the phone for a little bit. I'd like to hear you have a few and then we'll talk. And so we did. And she was like, okay, well, I'm going to get ready and come over. It'll be about an hour because she lives a little bit away. She's like, but I'll be there soon. And I was like, well, you don't have to. Like, I don't, I almost felt like, but if this isn't, I don't want to psych myself out. She's like, well, it's up to you, but I think you're having a baby today. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Like in that moment, it was like, oh, I'm so, I switched from, I don't know, is this to, okay, it's go time. And so I told myself from the very beginning, make every contraction count. Like, let your body do what it has to do. Don't fight it. And if you if you feel yourself fighting it, correct it and release. And so I really do feel like I did that other than literally maybe two or three contractions. I feel like I just was like in it. And I was doing that deep like I lion, not even lion. It's like a moaning uh, labor. I, I, I don't know. What do you guys call it? Like singing? My husband call my husband calls it mooing like a cow. <laughs> That's what he told me. Yes. He's like, You're mooing yes. like a cow. Cause I was like, Oh <laughs> you know, yes. like in there. But yeah, it's definitely I just call it a rhythm. You find your rhythm. Okay, yeah. And it felt I remember my midwife made me practice in office while I was pregnant and I felt so ridiculous. Like, okay, now do it after me. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh. But it felt so good that like you just want to keep doing it because it felt me, it kept me going, you know, it's like, oh, yes, that one worked. I felt like a single one, it just got a little bit more intense. But with my breathing and my noise, I was able to like make it through. And so I felt like labor, I honestly, I mean, it got intense probably around 1230 and at 630 in the evening, it had obviously progressed and gotten more intense. And my midwife. Well, I think she got there at like 5.30. So maybe by five, so five hours later. And she's like, how are you doing? And I said, I feel good. I feel strong. Like, I just felt like, oh, this is not that bad. I mean, it was hard and it's uncomfortable and it wasn't easy by any means, but it was, I felt like I can totally do this. And she checked me. Uh, oh, so Elizabeth got there at like 3.30, my doula. And at that point I was in the bath and I was, you know, they were, they were routine. And I don't even know the timing of it all, but it was probably two to five minutes apart regularly, but lasting for like a minute. My contractions were long for the whole time and they got longer than that. Or I'm sorry, two minutes, lasting like two minutes because I know a minute is the norm. It lasted two minutes. So anyways, once Angie got there, she checked me. I, we had talked about how I did not want to know how far along I was. I didn't want to get in my head about it. I just wanted to know if I was doing better. And since she had checked me the day before, she had she knew I was. And so I was at 3.5, hindsight being 2020, three and a half centimeters dilated. And apparently I was at one and a half the day before. So I had progressed, but that was at six o'clock, I think, that she, che she checked me. No, I'm sorry. It was seven o'clock that she checked me. And she thought I was, I mean, I, labor was intense to me. So I don't know, but she, I guess she thought I had a long time ago. She thought we would have a baby, she said. So she's like, she lives five minutes away. She's like, I'm going to go home and feed the kids and put them down for bed. And your doula is here. So she'll keep in, oh, I told Elizabeth to keep in touch with me and I'll be back. And so she was gone and I was, I mean, it went from bad to worse. <laughs> no, it really wasn't. It, it went from okay to, 
oh my gosh, like out of body experience, I really felt like I was like floating above myself watching this happen. And I felt like my skin was coming out of itself. I'm like, I can't, there's no other description for it. (laughs) And so I'm like, I think I need to go to the bathroom. And I know that that's a sign, but I really felt like I had to go to the bathroom and I hadn't gone to the bathroom yet. And so she's like, okay, well, let's just go to the toilet. She had been trying to talk me into the toilet anyways. And I was like, uh, okay. So we went there and I definitely had transition on the toilet, hindsight being 2020, but I just thought I was going to the bathroom because that happened simultaneously. And so, and I think she did too, but she, okay. This is TMI, but we're talking labor and delivery, and this is, you know, this is what we do. But I feel like, I, okay, I'm not one to, to go to the bathroom in front of people, like, or even, like, I'm a very private person like that. But I'm literally holding on to her. She's standing in front of me, and I've got my arms wrapped around her shoulders, and she's supporting me as I'm contracting and, like, going to a different zone. I mean, it was incredible, the, the intense. The intensity was crazy. And she just talked me through it. And said things to me like, this is that, because we had talked about it before, this is that like crossing bridge that you have to, you're coming to. You have to like get over it and then you will meet your baby. And at that point, I hadn't thought that Angie should be there, but she probably should have been there and I, she wasn't. So at that, after maybe 30 minutes of that, I was like, I just feel like I need to go to the bath. Like I want to get in the tub. And so... We got in the tub, and she's like, okay, well, Angie told me to let her know. Oh, no, she said that on the toilet. Angie told me to let her know when you're feeling pushy. I said, well, I am pushing, but I thought I was pushing going to the bathroom, you know? And um, <laughs> she's like, okay, well, you know, we went to the tub. And so we, with I had one contraction in the tub, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm definitely pushing. And she's like, okay, well, do me a favor and reach and see if you feel her. And I'm like, um... No, she's like, okay, well, reach in there and see if you feel her. I got one knuckle in and I felt her head. And so she's like, okay, Vinny, you need to call Angie right now. <laughs> so he calls her and she's, my son is home at this point. He had been taken away for the day and had, was home and he was freaking out in his bedroom because he could hear mommy. I didn't know this, but he was going, what's wrong with mommy? And so my husband runs in the room to be there for him while I'm like, I mean, this all happened within a matter of 10 minutes while I'm in pushing mode. I only pushed four times. And so she's stuck at the door. Somebody accidentally locked the door. So she's stuck at the door calling my husband on repeat to let her in. Finally, he does let her in. She was there for a couple of minutes. She walks in the room and I push the baby out. Holy it was incredible. Cow. That's amazing. <laughs> That's the way to do I it. Know. She's, <laughs> she's like, you were waiting for me. I'm like, I honestly know in my head, like, it, she didn't even have to be there. I was just like, this baby's coming. Yeah. She is coming. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. It was such a cool and, like, uneventful experience, experience, which is exactly what I wanted, you know? Like, I just, everything happened the way that my body was supposed to. And there were, like, I mean, you know, labor is tough. And there were things where you're just like, I'll take away from that, too. Like, man, I really can do anything it's just my mind that gets in the way, but my body is capable of most anything, which is cool to take away from that. But I also feel like it's the same. I wouldn't know how valuable that is had I not have had the C-section and realized that my body is also capable of another kind of hard. So yes, that's basically my story. I love it. I absolutely I love it. <laughs> There's yeah. so many fun things. Megan, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I know. Well, and I want to talk about like, I just want to like talk about that that feeling, right? Like that, like, oh crap feeling, because I feel like sometimes we get it like really early and it is so hard and like, we're not complete. Right. And it's so hard to fight past it. And then we get it where you're like, I really don't, I think I just really do need to have a bowel movement. And then it's a baby. <laughs> so and it's, it's, a baby. So hard. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so, so hard. But I'm so glad that, you know, everyone made it and all was well, but yeah, it just like you said, like, this baby's coming following your intuition on knowing that. But I just, I really want to go back. I know like this is maybe just because I just talked about this the other day, but I really want to go back on the C-section, on being grateful for your C-section. Because okay, I, you're I on the want, same wavelength as me. I again. really want to take it because, away. <laughs> because this is not something that 
a lot of people say. And when you said that, and I don't know if you saw my story. Did you see my story the other day on or on Instagram? No. So see, so like that makes me want to talk about it more because you didn't even see that. So this is something that I want to encourage all of you listeners to do. I want you to step back and you, you said it yourself, like the C-section recovery, like things were not great. Like they weren't easy. It wasn't an easy journey and it was scary and you were left alone and your husband was, you know, pulled away from you and you were just like, oh my gosh. And then you've got people saying all these things that are just, they're trying to help, but they're not. And, you know, it's just, you could look, you could look at that situation and say, that was terrible in so many ways. That was not what I wanted in every way, right? I planned this home birth. I had this awesome team and it was terrible. That was not where I wanted to be. But you said, yeah, this sucked and it was hard, but I'm grateful for it. And Mm -hmm. I want to encourage listeners out there to try and get to that space. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. And I'm not saying it's going to be you wake up one day and or you wake up the next day and you're like, yeah, I'm over it. What happened to me happened and I'm grateful for it. And I'm not saying you have to be grateful for what happened, right? I just want to try and encourage people to be grateful for yourself and your body and your baby for getting through that time. And just take note and notice where where it may have made you strong, right? Does that make sense? Like, am I making sense? No, it makes sense. I love it. The lesson in it, what you take from it. What you take from it, because we naturally, just as life, I mean, especially, oh my gosh, like with everything that's going on with all the politics and social media and Corona and, you know, all these things, like it's so easy to pull from the negative in every direction in life. Mm -hmm. It really is. But if we step back, and it's okay that these negative things happen. Like, we understand that. I don't want to ignore that. But if we step back and we kind of pick out the positive, you know, it it really gives us a different perspective. And this is not VBAC related at all, but this is something that I had to do literally today. So as most <laughs> of you may or may not know, I'm a really big obsessed person. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm obsessed with finding a good deal. <laughs> Um, yes, 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 I can vouch for that statement. I'm obsessed (laughs) with it, right? And so as a lot of you may know, we're remodeling our home and I found this microwave that needed to go in my new pantry and it's a $1,200 microwave. Well, I'm sorry, but that is seriously, no, (laughs) I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that, right? And so I like, totally just surfed Facebook marketplace and our local classified ad here looking for a specific type of microwave. And I found one and it was $250 and I was stoked. No. Really? Yeah. It's brand new. Like he's like, it's brand new. Like he, I went and got it and it was in the box, like still in the plastic, everything. Right. And he's like, yeah, it's brand new. And I was like, okay. I was like, so it does work, right? And he's like, yeah, I mean, it's like brand new. We pulled it out. We tried it. I'm like, okay. So we brought it back. I bought it, brought it back. I plugged it in, turned on, drawer came out. It seemed great. So this was like two months ago. Well, now we just finished. We're not finished, but we're just finished the space. So I could bring this microwave in. Well, guess what? It doesn't work. It heat, It doesn't heat up. No, man. Nope. I know. Right. Oh my gosh. And so I'm like devastated. I'm like, how could I, how could I do that? Like, how did I not check that? Like, I don't understand. Like, why would I, if it turned on, it turns on, right? Like, why would I think? I don't know. Anyway, but all morning I've been fretting and I told my husband, I was like, I'm so mad at myself that I like had to get this deal and it doesn't even work. And now this guy took $250 cash and I wrote him and he's like, sorry, it's been too long. Can't help you. And blocked me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's $250. Like what the heck? Like he said it was new anyway. And I'm like distraught. And my husband says, he sends me a text message and says, I want you to step back and look at our kitchen and look at how many things went right and how you crushed it in all the other ways. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And it's the same thing with birth, right? Like I didn't want that C-section. That is not what I wanted. It's the last thing that I wanted. 
But at the same time, I'm stepping back and I'm going to pick through and I'm going to look at all the positive, amazing things that came out of that out, you know, that outcome that I didn't desire. And I'll tell you what, women of strength, I really do not believe I would be here today with you and Julie if it weren't for that original C-section. I would not be an advocate for birth in the way. I'm not saying I wouldn't be an advocate, but in the way that I am today without that C-section. I don't know if I would have the connection with my daughter. Now, this is something that a lot of people talk about, right? Like, I don't feel as connected because I didn't have this, like, vaginal birth and it wasn't like this natural baby on my chest. But I feel like through my daughter and through my healing of my cesarean and her and I healing together and talking about her birth and processing her birth with her, I have grown closer to her. And so I just want to encourage you today to step back and pick it apart and look at the positive because there's so much negative in the world, but pick out that positive and hold on to it tight and never let go. Um, Megan, I absolutely love how you turned that microwave story around and applied it to birth. That was like spot on <laughs> analogy. Like no. really though. But secondly, bring me your microwave and me and Nick will fix the heating element. Seriously, it's so No, bad. really though. <laughs> Plus you have to come see my new house anyways. I do need to come see your new house. So, an oh. awesome job for Rick for saying all the right things and being yeah. a good co- contributor to the podcast today. <laughs> yes. But yeah. So anyway, so that's my message today. and. I love your story in so many ways, but man, I held on to that when you said that. I was like, yes, 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 yes. Everyone needs to have that message. So that's my message for you. get to ask questions now. Yes, we do. Good message, Megan. I I love that. I think I was just talking to a couple people actually on Instagram the other day about the connection, the mother-baby connection. And when they have their V-back, they look about the bond, the stronger bond they instantly had with their V-back baby. And then it brings grief and guilt because they didn't have that immediate strong connection with their cesarean baby. And mm-hmm. it's easy to compare the two when you just have two experiences, right? But mm-hmm. this is what I told both of these mothers that messaged me. I was like, listen, I have had four births, one cesarean and three V-backs. And each of those bonding experiences has gone completely differently. And bonding with your baby is just like any other relationship that you have. It takes work. It takes time. It takes dedication. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. There's going to be times where you guys feel like you're so intimate and close in it and you love each other. I'm talking about the mother baby connection. And then there's going to be times where you feel like you have no idea what your child is doing or thinking and how they, and how you even wanted kids anyways. Like, am I right? But the, mm-hmm. but the thing is it, it takes work and all four of my baby's connections were different. My third birth, which was my second VBAC was my strongest connection by far right now. She is four and a half. And I have no idea what the crap she's doing. And I'm pretty sure she hates me. Like really, I'm pretty sure she does. And, (laughs) but the thing is, is that my, my cesarean baby, he's my oldest. And so he's seven and a half now. And I'm starting to have conversations with him about emotions and feelings and talking about like decisions we're making as a family. And I think that's strengthening our bond too, even deeper. And so I don't know. I guess that's just my two cents to add to your, to your perspective because it just, it just takes work and there are good things in, in, in all the parts, even in the worst of parts. Yeah. Totally. Like your, your gorgeous microwave. I, I I will fix it for you. It is my mission now because I know you've been (laughs) talking about that microwave. I know. I know you. Yes. All right, let's get to the questions. Okay, so one of the first questions is, what is a secret lesson or something no one really talks about that you wish you would have known ahead of time when preparing for your birth? Secret lesson. Yes, I wish that I would have, I guess with my first one, I wish I would have considered possibly what a different story might look like, you know, like that maybe Mm -hmm. I would have had that perception of, okay, well, if, I do have to have a C-section. I want to know what I'm walking into because had I have known what those four walls looked like, I might not have been so like shocked by them. You know what I mean? When I got there. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and ask all the questions because 
I definitely feel like be, uh, going to a midwife, she already gives you, like, I mean, there's, like, worksheets with ways to prompt you for questioning. And because I was listening to you guys, I had about a million questions. Mm -hmm. But I know when you're, when you're not dealing with a midwife, like, a lot of times I've often felt like doctors make me feel silly or, like, almost like, why are you asking me that? Like, don't you trust me? Ask anyways. Ask anyway, because you're saying them and you want to have those answers. When you're in the throes of labor, you want to feel nothing but confidence. Yeah. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And on in your answer, you said um, control is an illusion. Yes. And I really love it is. that. That's my lesson. That is my lesson from my C-section. And it really does apply to so many areas of my life. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. And I know you are driving, but the last question is what is your best tip for someone preparing for a VBAC? And I mean, I feel like you kind of just said that, like educate yourself, ask all the questions. Yes. Um, anything else you'd like to add? Um, you, you also said, okay, so I left, this, I left this part out with, um, with originally was considering like maybe maybe we don't hire the doula this time you know we're trying to cut back on finances and my midwife looked at me she goes do you have confidence in your husband being a great support system for you at all points during labor and I was like hmm I don't know I came home and I asked him I said do you have confidence in being a great support system and he was like no <laughs> I was like okay He's like, I don't got this. He's like, I don't know what labor looks like. He's like, I definitely think we should have somebody who, who is a good support system for you. All right, Brittany. Well, thank you so much. We just love you. We love hearing your story and all of your tips and advice for all the listeners. We know that it's going to help them. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was great to have you on. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to the vbacklink.com slash share and submit your story. For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to the vbacklink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.